It's another session with the Tri-Tech Games Podcast. Starring Bruce, John, Trav, Pixie. So sit back and groove with us cats as we spin another session of the Tri-Tech Games Podcast. This is Bruce. This is John. This is Trav. This is Pixie. Welcome to the Tri-Tech Games Podcast. Your podcast of old is new and the adventures of new games at Tri-Tech never stop. Hey, ho dads. Catch a gnarly wave and follow us on, on this mission of, of supreme gnarliness. Okay. Uh, welcome to the TriTech Games Podcast. This week we are pitching a new game for TriTech to consider. Uh, we uh, want to make sure that it's uh, it's basically as as complete as possible. But we're gonna. So I've asked the other hosts. I, I'm the uh, doing the primary pitching, and I've asked the other hosts to uh, add in any g- new ideas or good ideas they can think. Or this game, and so hopefully it'll look as good as possible. Okay, Bruce, and, uh, uh, pick, pick one. Good ideas or new ideas? <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, okay, uh, knowing this group, there are no new ideas, so I'll go with good ideas. <laughs> oh, you had to, didn't you? <laughs> Sorry, you're the what are you, you know, Trav's the one with like, we've got like 150 Man years of experience here in gaming. Trav's yeah. the one that has more campaign ideas than he's got left in his life. There we go. That's right. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, to the game. Okay, so this game uh, is called, well, at least as a working title, is called California Beachhead. And the premise of the game is uh, the California beach culture versus Martians. Oh, joy. Uh, the time period is going to be the 80s, so we get all that, you know, all those movies that came out during the 80s about, you know, the uh, California, val- you know, the uh, things in the Valley Speak, uh, running around in hot cars, Baywatch, all that stuff. Okay, that's all great source material for this game because it takes place in the 80s. And most important, and most importantly, for the purposes of the game. Uh, is that it also was the emergence of of the athletic club as a social institution where people would go down to you know the athletic club with the juice bars and uh, and and people would get together and do uh, all kinds of calisthenics and uh, what was that thing they would do where they would like dance around on their feet? Oh, that was uh, who? who it's actually a singer that promoted that one, didn't, wasn't it? Um... Jazzercise? Okay, Jazzercise? Jazzercise is good. Yeah. I was just talking about aerobics, but Jazzercise is an excellent uh, you know, uh, uh, alternative title. Anyways, the point is is that you know, young 
um, 20-somethings uh, were flocking to these places to sweat and woo each other in style uh, and with very stylish clothes. And so that is the I'm, that is what this game is going for, where you're not just a bunch of grungy teenagers, you know, uh, or uh, 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 a, a, a kind of a misfit group that are all crammed into a woody <laughs> with your pet. Okay, though the uh, the genre is yes, the genre is Scooby Doo slash anime because it also has a lot of anime tropes in it, like the fact that you've got this atypical group that is all thrown together to solve some problem, and the adults never seem to show up in any meaningful way. Oh, there's a lot of 80s anime, too, that would have fallen this, into, into this as well, in, in that same area. There's a lot of everything. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. You, you, can't, you, know, you can't throw uh, a rock without hitting something, yeah. Sure, sure. <laughs> um, so, I you know, can't spit and, 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 uh, something lately. Yeah. Okay. And as far as anime is concerned, I, I don't really have a whole big long list of that kind of thing. But of course, uh, Dirty Pair definitely comes into mind as far as the way they dressed and such. You know, uh, when they you know with the, the headbands and of course the, the 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 cute little shorty short outfits. Big uh, hair. Big hair. Oh, the big hair. Oh it was, yeah. It was the decade of the big hair. Oh and, no, uh, Aquanet was the main accessory for women in that time yeah oh boy and don't forget glitter oh yeah oh oh the the herpes of the crap world yeah <laughs> i'm not quite sure i understand that reference but okay all right so uh it's taking place in the uh 80s uh like i say scooby-doo uh anime kind of adventures but you are so you're basically people who are part of the california beach culture Versus an incursion of Martians. And we'll get to... So, anyways, the uh, the synopsis is... Martians have created a beachhead in Southern California and are attempting to integrate themselves into American society to form a fifth column. Their great mental proudness allows them to project a mental image to the masses that they are regular people. However, their unfamiliarity with actual humans creates a fish-out-of-water situation. They have a number of enemies who can unmask them, notably the uh, Venusians and the uh, uh, Kahunas, uh, otherwise known as the beast gods and goddesses, which we will describe later. So, matter of fact, we're going to describe them right now. So, the player characters are one of three major types. Okay, and we have a number of terms. We're trying to figure out the best term for it because you know we don't want them these to be overly sexualized because they're just people you know, that are basically playing certain roles. Uh, the first is, under the guys, we've got beefcake, hunk, or dude. You know, uh, under girls, we uh, we have the sweet cake, honey, or dudette. And then we have the third group, which is the special group, which is the god, goddess, or kahuna. Now, kahuna is an Italian, is Italian, thank you, a Hawaiian word. Uh, which is defined by Pupu and Elbert, 1986, as a priest, sorcerer, magician, wizard, minister, or expert in any profession, uh, as in the big kahuna, uh, which is who the, the greatest surfing master would be called. Yeah. Yes, Josie. And if I understand certain things right, it is gender neutral. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean... They, these are people who live in an altered reality where life is good. 
people really, really like them. And they usually have some special aspect that draws others to them. Uh, the bad news, and, and the bad news for the Martians, is that they are immune to that mental camouflage field. So, we have a group of heroes, uh, who are people who become heroes, who are acquainted through, acquainted through the same athletic club that is either on the beach or within easy walking distance. They spend some time together after working on weekends, and some are romantically involved. Some may have history, good and bad. There can be some friction, but when a cruncher comes rolling in, they are united and loyal. And a cruncher is a wave that really pounds on a, on a, on a surfer. Mostly, they will be of legal age, but a player that wants a challenge may play a minor such as one of the sample characters whose name is Cherry. So, um, yes, Cherry. Ahem. Right, of course. I am playing off of the fact that she is a minor. Uh, so, anyways, uh, and in the document that I've sent to all everybody else, it basically is followed by a whole bunch of characters just to get an idea of what ah, these yes. characters could be like. Because what I was trying to do was saying, okay, let's try to show how disparate these people could be. Now, you know, if you're familiar with role playing games, you realize that you can play whatever you want to play. You know, and uh, and in this game, especially since the idea is that you're just normal people who find figure out that the Martians are trying to take over the world and nobody is paying attention. Well, then you're going to have to bring whatever uniqueness you have, any special skills that you may have or can develop, to the party. So I wanted there to be, you know, considering these situations could be very diverse. I wanted to bring, you know, have as many different choices. Mm-hmm. And of course, you don't. You know, you could create a kind of a Mission Impossible situation where, at the beginning of, of the original series, you know, the uh, Peter Graves character would go and go through a folder of all these different characters and pick out the ones you thought would be best for the mission. And so, you know, this could be a situation where you had a larger group of characters to pull from, and you'd pull the people that were the best for the particular thing that they had just discovered. You know, ah. I, I can just see Bill and Ted doing that. Doing that. Dude! Oh, they were from the same era. It's exactly the same era. Just a thing here. You don't want somebody with an extremely short fuse on anything result- involving diplomacy. Yeah. Right. right. Now, before <laughs> we go any further into the characters, I think we should talk about possible game systems. Okay? And, uh, and, and since this is a fairly heroic situation, where you've got people who are normal being thrust into a heroic situations, you kind of need some kind of a heroic game system so that, well, they just don't get killed off. Because it's supposed to be comedy, you know, slash, you know, investigation slash, you know, uh, heroic action pulp. So, you know, you don't want to just, you don't want to be gritty. That, that would be, you know, that would lose a lot of the humor and the fact that you are, in fact, playing the 80s, which was a much larger than life era if you saw it on television. If you were living through it, like some of us do, we were like, who are these people? Yeah. And now we get to play them. So um, any ideas, guys, as what you think would be a good game system for this? Well, since I've heard uh... One system that comes to mind is Quags. It's it's a fairly light system. It is definitely low on the crunch and high in survivability of of the characters. So it would allow you to do a lot more survive. You know, basically doing 
awesome things and so forth. Of course, my other favorite would be either version, either flavor, flavor of fate. I would use because that also you you know you can choose to you know not kill the characters. You can always just get them captured or you know whatever. Because just because you you've lost the battle doesn't mean you get killed. It just means something else has happened to you. Oh yeah, because you know the uh, the Martians are of course going to be wondering why it is that you penetrated their disguise. So of course they're going to want to examine you, probe you, you know. <laughs> you can have those those scenes where, you know, the noble young beefcake gets gets disrobed, you know, but again, we're trying Dude. not to sexualize this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I'm just saying though is that there's all that weird stuff going on, you know. Yeah. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah. I mean that that's you know, if you're looking for you know, systems, uh, if you want to have a little bit of crunch, you can always go for systems uh, like, well, one of the D6 systems. Actually, you know, if you want to do it light, even though it's not a, even though it's not usually geared toward that, powered by the apocalypse, you have to do a hack for it though, uh, and not necessarily in come up with a way that you know you're actually not going to kill somebody; it'll just inconvenience them for a while. I mean, we are doing Scooby Doo. Now, what was the system that was used for the uh, Ghostbuster game? D six. Oh, yeah, I think because that was a West End game. I think that was the D six system, and, and that's to, that's fairly to the pulpish old too. Because in order to basically face up to these you know tremendous spirits that they were always fighting, you'd have to have something that would let you recover. Yeah, yeah, yeah D six system. Um... Definitely don't. Ooh, I don't. I, mean, you, I really don't think you want to go. Um, uh, hero system. Oh God, no, no, <laughs> nothing, nothing against the hero system, but not for this game. No, no, no. Oh, here, here's a good system: the uh, tristat system for which Big Eye Small Mouth was made. Mm-hmm. Is that still? Can you still purchase that? Is someone still producing that? Uh let's see. Tristat, I think, is quick to the Google. I think it's guarding. <laughs> well, no, it's not. Dozy to the Google. <laughs> I think that the TriStat system is... Uh, uh, Google. <laughs> wow. The protege is delegating authority. Okay. No, I don't think protege Guardians... has no Google foot. Um, I think Guardians of Order, which oh. made this TriStat system, I don't. I think Mark McKinnon White Wolf left bought the it. business a while ago. White Wolf bought it. It's available on DriveThruRPG. Okay, well then, the TriStat system from which Big Eyes Small Mouth was made... Because it's an at it was made to be a big eye small mouth is an anime game, right. therefore it would fit perfectly at least thematically and probably mechanically to this game this game setting. Yeah, because what I'm really looking for is a game system that you know isn't like D and D where it's all like or you know oriented towards clo- you know uh, squad combat. I want something that basically promotes the eye first of all allows you know for investigation allows for interrogation allows for uh, people to have all kinds of varied interests yet at the same time allows them to be reasonably effective in combat because they're going to run into combat sooner or later yeah yeah i am kind of familiar with this because it, it now i will say this it w- does require the gm to put in some time because it's listed as tristat dx Meaning you pick what level it's going to be, and that's what the X is: D six, D ten, D twelve, D twenty. You you pick the level how, how involved you want it to be. 
It I'm afraid I really don't quite get that. Are you saying? Uh, I mean, it, what's it, the point of the levels? Is it complexity? Is it? Yes. Uh, is it power? Yes. You know, are we going the epic level when we get to D12? It basically the, the Trisat DX system is just the 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 rules, but it's also the rule. Basically, it's a bunch of modules you can plug together to create the, the game system you want to use. So it's basically it's all the rules, but you're only going to use maybe half of them. But you got to decide which half are you going to use. <laughs> it's I, I I picked it I picked it one time just to, just to see how it worked, and I went and said, too much work for me. Uh, <laughs> It really, I mean, there's, there's other newer systems, you know, the standard D6 system, I think, is still out there someplace. Uh, the old D6. Uh, right. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, D6 RPG. Well, I mean, since TriTech is system agnostic, you know, I don't, I, I and I I'd really much try, would prefer to make it, you know, system agnostic as well. But at the same time, I'd like to make good recommendations. Yeah, it's so. not. It's not called Open D six. It's in, in. It's available, so it's out there yeah. too. Uh, so, uh, uh, what about uh, Savage Worlds? Is that too crunchy? Uh, with with okay, with the bennies, and if you add in the powers, because I would imagine the kununas would basically would be you know you basically have to create a new um, arcane ability, and that would be that would be Kahuna. And you have, you know, you have so many Kahuna powers you can draw on. You know, the way you, way you sort of described it, I mean, you know, you you, yeah. you pick from the powers and, hey, you know, besides, you know, be able to d detect the Martians, you also have some Kahuna powers like, you know, persuasion, charm. You can charm people because, yeah. You, right. You know. Well, they all should have a certain amount of charm, which is just as part of what they are because they say they, they, they live in this altered reality of, and and as I later on in the, in, uh, in the thing says, and it may, and the fact that they are in a sense in an older reality, maybe one of the reasons why they're not affected is because essentially they're producing their own mental, you know, field around it, you know, which allows them to do that. Yeah. It, you can do that. And the bennies give you that extra bit of, you know, uh, woo woo ability. Yeah. You would, you know, would I think you'd have to be a really generous with the bennies. This is one of the reasons why I liked your idea of quags mm -hmm. because you know, you, they, you, it's, it's yum -yums. part of the game to be given yum, lots of yum yums, which mm -hmm. is candy for anybody who's not familiar with it. You get to spend, you can either eat your candy or you can, you know, use your candy to get things to happen that you want to happen. Yep. And it, I think you're also allowed to uh, have bad things happen to you in order to get more yum yums. Yep. So, so you can bank them. So that you know that might be useful. Uh, that uh, I had thought about Quags. I I did play Quags uh, when I played a uh, Hercules and his companions adventure at Gen Con last year, and uh, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, shout uh, out, shout out to the folks. That, you know, um, um, hello Brain. Uh, get the right name for them. Uh, the Gutter Skypes. They play a lot of Quags and Monkeys took my jetpack. They both play a lot of Quags. Yeah, so don't be a Nikki. Uh, don't hoard. Don't hoard your yum yums. <laughs> Nikki hoards her yum yums. Yes, she never struck me as that kind of a person. <laughs> <laughs> Nikki, Nikki is is uh, is is a very um, outgoing person. Enthusiastic. Enthusiastic. Yes, indeed, yes. and outgoing. And yes. uh, you can hear. All right. You can hear on the on their on their um, fringeworthy adventure, and she's the one that asks for the chainsaw. Indeed, I, I could definitely see that. Uh, yeah, I have a I have a new player in my uh, Bureau Thirteen game that's really getting crazy with the idea of the various things. She wants to also get into my Fringeworthy game and uh, and and play uh, 
Oh, a uh, Pokemon master. Thank you, Josie. So how many Pokemon will you start out with? I have no idea. We're, we're, we're just in the talking stages right here. He hasn't well, even played the game yet. Well, you, can, you always consult well, with Josie. She'll, t- she'll let you know what you need to know. Yeah. Well, the first <laughs> thing I'm going to do is I'm going to have her listen to those episodes of the podcast. Yeah. Well, the class, as it's listed, starts out with one to begin with. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's move on to so let's move on to the sample characters. Okay. Uh, and uh, so the, I start off uh, with the dudettes. The first character is Trixie, who is uh, of course has tremendously big hair. She's an army brat, daughter of an army general. She ha- she's an expert shot. However, she doesn't like hand to hand combat because it makes her sweaty. She doesn't like that. <laughs> She has never, so she's the one who's always standing over there looking gorgeous in, 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 the, uh, uh, in the exercise outfit at the juice bar. You know, never actually doing the work. You know, just counting on her own advanced genetics to make her always look perfect and never gain a pound. Uh, she's never had a bad hair day. She looks great and green. She has the, and she has the best fashion sense and wants to be a designer. And she's trying to reform Cherry. Uh, so here we ha- so starting off we have somebody who has a back uh, who's a character who can basically be the shooter of the of the group. She actually knows how to use weapons. She's you know she's experienced. She also has contacts with her dad. You know the general, which is always useful when suddenly you get into a really bad situation. You need to call somebody who will believe you at least long enough to get you out of a bind. You know. Generals have a tendency to be able to talk to local sheriffs and get yeah. you out of jail. Dad. I mean, it's, she, she's a big resource. So again, everybody's supposed to bring resources to the game beyond just "Hey, hi, I, I, I know how, I'm a good dancer," and <laughs> and that's it. Yeah, I was imagine she would have a contact ability. If you was doing Sarah's role, she'd have a uh, the um, ability to have a contact and contacts dad, and you know, right? Dad, I, I think we, all need, the we characters- need a tank. We need a tank, dad. Yeah, well, that might be a problem uh, from her dad. Okay, on the other hand, uh, some other characters that we have listed here might, or might be better choices. But the, I think all the characters should have contact ability because that's one of the things where you can literally rope in somebody to help out. Uh, a, a, somebody who was describing uh, doing, it, it was in one of the uh, nights of the dinner table, and they were describing doing burn notice um, as a game. And when they got to Bruce um, Campbell's character, uh, they said he has a special ability, which is to get the information you need. He, he doesn't ever have to make a roll for it. It's part of the plot. Basically, when they, there's something that needs to be told to the people, he's the one who comes up with the information. All right, so moving on to the next character, we have Susie, who's a gymnast and a physical cultist, nudist. Her life revolves around philosophy, body shaping, and sun worship. And because she's a nudist, she's very casual about skin. Sexiness and nakedness are not equivalent to her. And she's looking for a soulmate, and she works as an aerobic trainer in this athletic club. So here we have a character who is probably, you know, from, you know, would be the most likely for someone to say, hey, you know, this is the sex pot. But she really isn't. But she's perfectly happy, she's perfectly fine with nudity 
So if you ever needed a distraction where, you know, there's somebody over here where you need to basically someone distract somebody by drop dropping something, you know, and uh, uh, being without some clothes on or something like, oh, heavens, she wouldn't be, you know, she would be the kind of person who'd be like, I could do that. That's no big deal. Versus she'll other flash. people who might shy away from things Basically, like. She'll flash you as a distraction without blinking. Right. Yeah. At the same time as she, but you know, nobody would, would, they would not take that as an invitation. They wouldn't take that as a, as a, to, 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 to sexualize her for it. The fact she looks really good, of course, they certainly, everyone can appreciate that. But, you know, and the fact that she's looking for a soulmate means that she's serious about her romantic in- encounters. And so she's not a slut, which is what we're basically trying to get away from right here with yeah. her character. But she's also a gymnast, which means all that stuff where you have to cl- you have to do some climbing, if you have to do some like flipping over things, jumping over walls, you know, anything that you can imagine that would be involved with, you know, uh, you know, uh, jumping off jumping off of a roof into a net. She pro- she'd probably be okay with that. Those another character is probably better about jumping into nets. So then we go on to Felicia, who is um, a, a in the in the graphic I chose, uh, she actually could be of any ethnic background. Yeah, she could be. She could be Jamaican. She could be black. She could be Latino. She could be Pacific Islander. About the only thing, and I mean, she could even be Oriental because they do all kinds of crazy stuff with their hair. But I just sort of figured, you know, give her some international look to her. And she's a model and a spokesperson. So. She's somebody who probably could bring a lot of um, uh, persuasion to the yep. group because that's what she does. Okay, in between fashion gigs, she's hired to demo everything from steak knives to diet supplements to exercise equipment. Her cosmopolitan looks make her attractive to a wide audience. Even Susie is jealous of her slender shape and hard body, where fat is only where fat is supposed to be. So, of course, all these characters are very idealized in that regard. You know. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's no, it sounds like she would be would be the face person if, if they're yeah you know. yeah exactly yeah she'd be you know and there's a lot of really good examples in in um, on a lot of television shows right now of where somebody who's normally you'd say oh she's the eye candy no she's the she's the one in charge so then we move on to Debbie who um, and Debbie is the daughter of a circus performer. She's helped roadies drive tent stakes since she was a child. Now she's in college, trained to be a nurse. She has good skills in emergency medical care, something that's really important in a game where you might have combat. And she's the only one that has those abilities. Uh, she also is really good with rope, really good at climbing, and really good at pounding things. The picture has her holding a big, giant mallet. You know, like she'd use to pound stakes at a, at a, at a, at a, at a carny, at a circus. She's an Amazon with a sweet smile. So she's she's like the the giantest heart of gold. Uh, Harry Potter, the other the uh, the woman who was in, who was in charge of the girls from uh, the uh, French scene, right? Somebody really she's she's a big girl, she's and uh, yeah. So next to some of these characters, which might be you know fairly small, she towers over pretty much everybody. <laughs> that, that sort of reminds me uh, when I went I was in the army. I was in a co-ed uh, boot camp, and one of the one of them there we she was six foot two, and she was nicknamed <laughs> she, she Hulk. <laughs> right, 
Ah. Well, see, I'm also trying to go against type because you think of the women, you think of them being small, you think of them being vulnerable. She plays vulnerable because she's sweet and good natured and easygoing. But the fact is, is she's probably the strongest. And and and, and as far as hand to hand combat is concerned, she's probably the most menacing one of the bunch because she's used to really giving her all. If you ever seen guys. You know, uh, people pounding stakes into the ground at a at a at a, uh, at a uh, circus. There, it's amazing how fast they pound those things down and how big they are. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. So she's she's uh, she's ready. And then we have Sally. Uh, and the picture I have right here is might be a little hard to tell, but what she's actually doing is that she's basically getting a roundhouse kick to a Martian in power armor <laughs> on her rollerblades. Ah, okay. She's Roger's girlfriend and an expert rollerblader. She's a product of private finishing schools and Catholic education, including extensive self-defense tutoring by Sister Mary the Terminator, Grace uh, of the Order of Perpetual Sorrow. Her greatest desire is to get her MRS degree and spend the rest of her life at the country club or country estate. She considers slumming with the rest of the group to be community service. <laughs> Don't we all know somebody like this? Yeah. Oh yeah. She also would go by the name of Buffy. <laughs> yeah. Not, uh, not that Buffy. It, uh, uh, well, I, I'm just saying is that this is you know she's she's the aristocrat. Yeah. You know she's the one with oh. the with the uh, country club connections and uh, Lady you know pa- Lady Penelope to drop a, a, re- a re- reference for folks who go who. Uh, <laughs> Yes, she could certainly be that. You know, so she's she comes she comes from money. Yeah. She comes from society. She comes from the upper crust. And again, she's a contact with people like that because as you as uh, because most some of the uh, the Martians spend all their times in the suburbs, living the high life, and she would be the right person to be able to make those kind of connections. I would also uh, probably give her the uh, special ability with the uh, wooden wooden ruler. Combat building. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's that's a that's a possible idea. You know? And now I'm having flashbacks to Saint Anthony's and Miss Sister Mary Raymond. Thanks a lot, John. There you go. Well, <laughs> no, I'll tell I'm, you. I I'm mean, considering of- that she's been through the Catholic education, and and I I was I lived in a, a neighborhood growing up where there was a big parochial school, and uh, I had a number of friends who told me all about you know the uh, uh, the, the the, the basically the caning that took place with rulers oh, yeah. as a, as a as an accepted method of applying discipline girls and boys okay bruce and john would get this reference i'm not sure if josie's seen the movie the blues brothers with the nun with the ruler just back and forth bah, 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 bah. the penguin <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> right so so yeah you know, each character i'm trying to create some kind of a special thing that they're they're doing you know so, uh, you know, Sal- Sally has more of the, uh, she, uh, she's more of the precise fighter versus the heavy hitter that would be, uh, uh, that would be Debbie, okay, versus the long range combatant that would be Ginger, I'm sorry, not Ginger, uh, uh, Trixie, Trixie. And then we move on to Ginger, who is the last of our uh, dudettes. Uh, and she's an art student, but she doesn't take kindly to criticism. She's sarcastic when she's insecure or, or afraid. 
but due to her trained eye as an art student, she's the most perceptive of the bunch and has the best memory for detail. She works part-time as a bartender, which works kind of interesting with the sarcastic business and stuff. Also means she's the scout of the group. Yeah, but she's also the one that basically is going to be the most uh, skeptical, the most, uh, and and the one that's going to be the, uh, uh, I don't know, probably the, the hardest, the hardest person to get along with. And I imagine of all of, all of them, she's the only redhead. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> it definitely isn't Trixie, because red and green do not go together. All right, so let's move on to the dudes. So we got Roger. Remember Sally was talking about who's Roger's girlfriend? Roger's the son of an industrialist weapon manufacturer and expects to inherit his father's vast empire. He is Sally's boyfriend and is found with the dudettes whenever she is there and only when she is there. because She won't stand for it otherwise. He has exceptional access to military and special ops equipment when necessary. So oh, okay. you're talking about needing that tank? Yep. You might be the one. So, you know, and, and since we know Peter, you know, and, and his involvement with the you know, military, you can see where he could be involved with all kinds of uh, his, his, his father or his mother doesn't even say uh, who's the one who's the industrialist weapon manufacturer. Uh, but basically, he's the equivalent of um, young Tony seen, Stark. Well, young Tony Stark. But I was actually thinking more along the lines of uh, 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 Cat Girl Nuku Nuku. Where the 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 woman, uh, the mother, she uh, her grandfather it runs a huge wep- heavy weapon industry and or uh, uh, Project Aco Biko, who's always coming up with some bizarro you know uh, uh, combat suit or something like that, and so and and then her dad steals her plans and turn and sells it to the government for billions. So Roger could actually be the the most technologically uh, uh, savvy person in the group because of that. But for sure, if they need like you know, if they if they need a rocket launcher, or if they need um, I don't know uh, uh, deplete uranium rounds, which are not easy to buy on the open market. Well, no. <laughs> then uh, Roger might be the right person, and uh, he also would and he'd also be able to get rid of them because he'd just simply throw them in the back of his truck and uh, in the back of his car, his Beamer, <laughs> or uh, what's the, uh, uh, well, the Mercedes, doesn't it have a, like a, a, a van or, or a, 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 a... Yeah, oh God, yes. Being over in Germany, was, when I was in the military, I was over in Germany, you saw... You know, SUV. Yeah, SUVs weren't a thing in the 80s as much as they were. Yeah. No, no, okay. Oh, I'll grant you. Grant yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, there, there were there would be the... Uh, but they are Mercedes-Benz vans. Oh, God, yes. There's Mercedes-Benz trucks. There's Mercedes-Benz... You know, basically, in Germany, they're basically the VW, you know. Right. But he'd also be the guy that also might show up in the... Uh, Range Rover. Uh, well, or he might show up in the race car because he's oh, rich, yeah. you know, so... Which would be very helpful to some of the other characters who may not be quite that rich. Or he may show up in the roles because it has an enormous boot. <laughs> yeah. Like Jerry. Okay. Jerry was another character I, brought, I I wanted because, again, the picture I picked for him, he could be very, uh, he could be any race, frankly, any race could be Jerry. I mean, he could be. Chi- he could be or uh, Chinese, uh, Korean. He could be uh, 
uh, Latino. He could be white. Uh, he could be uh, black. If you, you know, I mean, it's, it's just you know, because of the way it's done. So because uh, he's basically got short hair. And uh, Jerry, uh, I always saw him as Latino. You know, but you know, but he sees himself as the protector or man at arms of the group. He competes in bodybuilding competitions, so he's really buff, really big. Uh, regularly, but he hasn't reached the mental purity to be a kahuna and to be able to win those competitions like effortlessly. His interests are pumping iron, fast cars, paintball, and girls playing volleyball. So and, he's easily distracted. Yeah, and he's uh, the one that's being protected by all the girls. Protected by them? Yeah. Probably. Yep. Yeah. I, he's he's he's, he's the easily, one that probably he's easily distracted. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, he's also, he's the one that, that's intentionally. Uh, go ahead, Josie. Also, you would expect someone like that to be the big guy running in, protecting everybody else, and and it just it's kind of fun going against type like that. Yeah, right. This is a guy who would probably give one have him if it was Savage Worlds. He would have to take uh, one of the um, oh like heroic, you know, disadvantage, which means he has to. He has to be the one that runs in and do and do it because that's what that's what heroes do. Whether yeah, right. Whether or not he actually can, that doesn't make any difference. No, <laughs> no. If, if, you know, and, and if he, and you know, if he, you know, first because as you say, he is a protector type, and secondly because you know he may be trying to impress the girls. And if this was fate, his high concept would be just that. The protector, the protector of of all the ladies. I wouldn't, I wouldn't use girls, but of all the ladies. And his yeah. trouble would be, and he's also probably the last person you want protecting everyone. <laughs> or something. Uh, like, I don't know. It's not a line where he's a clutch or something. Basically, something that this guy will have fate points, a big pile of fate points, because we're constantly compelling that trouble of his. Yes. Well, and and I said he's he's might be interested in the girls, but there's no reason why he wouldn't be interested in Brad. So when we, uh, oh, uh, the Kahunas, we, yeah, the Kahunas, like I said, these are people that have special abilities. They live in a kind of a special world. And so to me, the, you know, the most perfect example of this is Brad. Brad is an excellent surfer. He has parlayed his sultry good looks and bad boy rebel attitude into a number of relationships, uh, with you know, the, the ladies all ending because he refuses to commit to them because he's. You know, my, my real lady is the sea kind of thing. Uh, still, he remains a friend to all. Every so often, one of the uh, uh, girls decides to reform him, and he gets a new girlfriend until she gives up. Everybody, li uh, everybody loves Brad. Everybody wants to please Brad and wants to be with Brad. They His success. Be, be, be Brad. <laughs> well, they can't be Brad. So being with Brad and making Brad successful is like almost as good. Okay. His the success phrase is it, every, uh, the phrase is women want to be with him, men want to be like him. Yeah. Right. His success yeah. is everybody's success and responsibility. Brad never pays for anything. Men and women literally throw things at him when he casually mentions a want. He is the dude. It's his Brad name. Right. I mean, uh, we, I mean, one guy decided to run him and I was like, I, I really, I, I have tried so hard to get him into it because he's like saying, okay, he says, I'm going to go over to, you know, we need to get, uh, we need a car. So he goes over to a gas station and the, this guy jumps out of his, you know, uh, uh, out of his Beamer and he goes, he says, you're Brad, right? 
you know, the guy, you know, with the, the, the national championship, he goes, dude, he says, oh, man, I love you. You're, you know, he says, it's so great to meet you. And he's like, hey, yeah, you know, I got to get over somewhere. And he's like, oh, man, take my car. And he's like, <laughs> dude. And so, and meanwhile, you know, it says the guy who's, who's running the, uh, running the store is coming out and giving Brad a six pack. <laughs> and 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 just some girls like like you know coming up to us says Brad you need some company he says no I gotta I gotta go and meditate for a while but I'll see you later babe and she's like I'll be waiting it's just I mean to be Brad is to literally just you know it's it is a charmed existence and that's what we're trying for with the Kahuna's these people just it's just like it's, it's unbelievable how they just float effortlessly through life they are Teflon. Nothing can hurt them. You and know, they've never held a job down in a day, never done a job a day of their life. Well, why should they? They're so good at what they do, yeah. which is being themselves. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, you know, and they all, and we, and again, you talk about powers. They all bring special abilities. Like Brad, essentially, anything that requires any kind of physical thing, Brad is going to do it. Okay, you need somebody to basically jump on a skateboard and you know slide slide down the uh, the the side of a building. Brad is the guy. <laughs> you don't want to try anybody else trying that is probably going to go for a world of hurt. Brad is basically Teflon. The worst that's going to happen is he might end up someplace other than where he intended, but he's going to be there for the entire ride. So you know, so that's th- that's why they're Kahuna's. Okay, but at the same time, they're not very practical. They're not people that you can rely on in life. Okay, yeah, I mean, they, you know, they're there when the chips are down, but otherwise, they're kind of like, you know, hey, we got to go over and you know, uh, bust into this building or something like that or something. And he's like, dude, those waves are so gnarly. I gotta go. <laughs> it's like. Or you know just whatever you know he's he's like not really there and they're like you know Brad's got to do what and you're like and you have to be okay with it Brad's got to do what Brad's got to do we'll catch you later dude you know <laughs> and off he goes you know and whatever so it's you know it's kind of in some ways it's 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 a very more of an independent existence because he can't be this he's he's the center of the group because people orient around him but at the same time he you know it, it's there there is a centripetable force he doesn't he doesn't really hold them there it's it's more like they're drawn to him and and so and he should be there when the chips are down but it's going to be like almost an accident you know he'll be like coming in looking for wax for his board and it'll be and all of a sudden he'll be right in the middle of the confrontation between you and the martians Ah, so here's a okay. question. It, it, it'd be like, "Hey, dudes, you know," and, and of course, the Martians are like, "What the heck is this?" And that's that's your moment when they're distracted. Hmm, that makes me wonder if maybe the Kahuna's would might be better off as NPCs. Rather yeah, than, and and then that's the thing I've done before, and I was we're we're ta- you know, I know we're diverging a little bit, but not too much. Uh, we uh, one time did a, we we use inspectors. It's out there. Uh, it's a. It's not quite exactly what we want, but with the, in the game we decided to do James Bond. Only no one played James Bond. He, right. you know, we basically split in half. One half was MI6, the other half was Spectre, and we basically took turns 
playing James Bond and either doing good things or doing bad things. And I can imagine that having the uh, the Kahuna characters being the everyone player character. They're, they're controlled by the players. Then decide what he's going to do. For the most part, he's doing the waves or he's doing something else. Or you know, and but when he when he shows up, he's awesome, and then he leaves. You know, it's sort of like how do you, how do you play Doc Savage and his and his, and his team? You don't. You right. don't play Doc Savage. You play his team, and Doc Savage is a group character. Right. Yeah. You know, well, you you have a point, John. I mean, maybe you know, it's just it just seems like you know if you you basically got to have the players involved because otherwise the GM gets to have all the fun. And this is really these are the Kahuna's are really some of the most fun characters. Just like the person who gets to play the doctor, you know, he, he gets to run around and be manic all the time, you know. So you and and everyone else has to be the tag along. Nobody wants that. So uh, and that's one reason why I said that you know he has a tendency. These guys have a tendency to just kind of disappear after they do their shtick. To be continued. Yo, brothers, this was the Tri-Tech Games Podcast. You know the drill. It's protected under the Creative Commons License 3.0. No commercial reproduction, no derivatives, and sucker, you best attribute this to the folks at Tri-Tech Games. And if you don't, We'll be after your sorry butts, cause we're some bad mothers.